0: I'm just going to read a couple things. <clears throat> so, this was just during worship. Why, why do we lift our hands in worship? What, is that just what those charismatic Christians do? You know, they're kind of super spiritual, so they lift their hands, make a little shout of hallelujah or something. Why do we lift our hands? Do you guys know? I mean, you probably have some reasons why you do it if you do. anyone want to shout something out? To honor, him. to honor him, yeah, that's good. I'm giving you my all, I'm giving you my all. yeah. Yeah, there's there's one more that I like. What do little kids do when daddy comes home? Pick me up, pick me up, daddy. Dad's home, dad's home. I still remember little Oscar saying that not that long ago. Dad's home, dad's home. And sons and daughters run to their daddy. They want to be picked up. They want to be carried in his arms because... Dad is where we get our identity from and our protection. He's our provider. And all of us in this room probably have various degrees of brokenness in that area of our lives. All of us. Even if you had a dad that was present. I'm a dad that's present and I have my faults. I have my weaknesses. I'm not a perfect father. But there is a perfect father. And he is welcoming you to come into a relationship with him through what Jesus did on the cross for you. He's welcoming you to come into a relationship with him as a son or a daughter. And at any time, you can run into his presence and just say, pick me up. That's why I lift my hands, just pick me up. I surrender to you. I just want to be caught up in your presence. I just want to have the cares of the world broken off. And I want to find my strength and my hope in you. So I, I just feel like you know, this morning, the Lord wants you all, all you all to know that it's his desire to place his fire, Holy Spirit fire, inside of you, inside your spirit. He wants to place his fire, the fire of his presence, inside of your body, uniting his presence with your spirit, igniting you on fire, igniting the destiny the hidden treasure, that your life would no longer be influenced by the things on the outside. We're all in process of learning how that works. I've been a Christian for 30-some years now, and I'm still learning how to not be directed and led by external pressure around me. And it's his desire to put fire inside of you, igniting destiny, and hidden treasures that you already carry now that your life would no longer be influenced by external things, but directed, led, and empowered to shift the atmosphere. Now, how many of you guys know people in your life or, or in your families or wherever, people in school or people in workplaces, they walk into a room and they can shift the atmosphere. Like they come in and things change, not always for the good. Like they can be a real jerk or something and everyone is just like, Influenced by that spirit of who they are and who they carry into the room. We all know that feeling? So that is exactly how God wants your life to carry his presence. That you would not be crushed and broken and beaten down by the stuff that will happen in this world. There will be stuff that comes at you and me but it's God's heart as a father that he would, would teach us and train us to be led and empowered by his spirit on the inside. And that we would be the ones to shift the atmosphere. Do you think Jesus, as he walked around, was influenced by the, the persecution and the, the religious leaders and the doubting disciples, all of the things that were going on around him? he would go and get with the father he would pray early in the morning and he would hear the voice of the father and he would he said i only do what i see the father doing i only say what i hear the father saying that was the type of intimacy jesus had and that is the type of intimacy that god is inviting you and me into so anyway y'all good can all go home now I know I wish it was that easy, but I do have a little, <clears throat> a little smorgasbord of some things today. Some announcements. Thank you, Ethan. He's so good these days about just jumping ahead before I even ask for it. So, We are going to have a night of worship at our house on January 24th, Friday night, 6.45 p.m. We're going to kick off into worship right at 7 o'clock, and the only purpose of this gathering is to worship just to get lost in the presence of God. And I just want to say, if you've never been to those gatherings at our house before, there's something about the walls being close, closed in a little bit versus a big room like this that echoes. When you're all together in a smaller gathering, it's like the combustible presence of God just gets so thick. And you can just, like, I get wasted. There is no high like the most high. I'm telling you. And this is biblical. I'm not like trying to blaspheme or make something out of the Bible that's, that's dishonoring God. What did Jesus' first miracle, guys? Come on. He made wine out of water. And it wasn't just grape juice. Okay, don't let anyone lie to you and tell you it was just grape juice. That's a bunch of BS, baloney. <laughs> That guy at the wedding was like, you saved the best till last. Normally people <laughs> wait, till, to wait till we're all drunk on the expensive, and then they bring the cheap stuff out. But no, this is like good vintage grape juice. <laughs> when the Holy Spirit was poured out on the disciples in the book of Acts, people thought they were drunk at 9 o'clock in the morning. We don't know exactly. We don't have the videotapes. We don't know what it looked like. We don't have the YouTube video. But if we could see... It was probably a lot like a bunch of people, wasted, drunk, laughing, getting snockered. So anyway, back to house fires. That's what happens at house fires. So if you want to party with us on that Friday night, mark it on your calendar. If you need to know where we live um, and we need some more info about that, just just talk to us later on. And we'll give you, the, give you the details. Okay, next announcement.
1: Haha! Ha, I like this one. Okay. next announcement. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, thank you. Ooh, he yeah. Here,
0: you do this one. Okay. I, it was- I know that's was just like a cheesy selfie there. But <laughs> I love the picture because we were really stoked when they showed up at our church, uh, just visited out of the blue, and then they came later on and preached. That's uh, John and Karen Carney. Um, John, ha- we have maybe one or two books of his left. Yeah. Um, he wrote a book called Untwisted, and it is about how God untwists your life from the damage that sin in the world and sin in our own lives does to us and how God wants to untwist us back into his original purpose for our lives. Very powerful book. John is a prophetic seer. Like he he sees things. He, he's, basically, he's a prophet. You know, He hears God and he speaks things. And I really want to encourage you guys to come. February 9th, that Sunday morning, is going to be really awesome. If you've never received a prophetic word before, like if no one's ever just like called your stuff not in a bad way either he's not that kind of prophet he will he will speak over your life what he sees as destiny over you um, come that Sunday John and, and Karen are sweethearts awesome people but he is a seer he just sees things and then he shares it so they're going to come on February 9th and then back to slide number two
1: global legacy we love Global Legacy this year. It is going to be down in McMinnville for two days, the 25th and 26th, so Tuesday, Wednesday. And if you guys can go, I would urge you to go. Like, room with someone, ride with someone. Yeah, it's a great time. Full of, yeah, it's good. And it's in our favorite house, of course.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so that's down at Galen and Danette's church in McMinnville. It is a Bethel conference, so we'll have the guy that is currently leading um, they've changed it from, we used to call it Global Legacy, so now it's called Bethel Leaders Network, but it's a regional gathering, and it's just uh, pastors and, and everyone. It's not just like leaders. This is open to anyone who wants to be a part of that, and it's just a powerful time. Dave Harvey is this, I think he's Australian dude, and uh, he's going to be the main speaker from Bethel, and they always bring a team of students with them, and it's gonna be wild, it's gonna be fun. So if you can get a chance to go, if you want more details, you know, talk to us about that too. And moving on from that, you guys doing okay? I'm just gonna check in now and then make sure you're all like, okay. And like last week I said, you know, if, if it's just starting to go too long, I need everyone just to give me a group yawn, just everyone all at once. Um, Julia can lead the way, she's the conductor. So if you hear a yawn coming from her and you agree with it, with the testimony of two or three witnesses, yawn with her. <sighs> and then I will know, okay, I guess I'm done. So you guys good? So we cool? So we've, we, uh, every month we want to cover at least once a month, one of the, the kingdom cultures that we want to value and hold high in esteem in this house called Legacy City Church. And simply put, we just want you, you to see this, this gathering as a house. Whether it's a small house or this room here, we we like to see ourselves as a family, as a house, because that is really what we are. And the culture of family is what we wanted to hit first. So last week we talked a little bit about what the scriptures say about how God um, reveals himself to us as, as a father, how he calls us sons and daughters. He gives us the spirit of sonship by whom we can cry out to God, Abba, Father, which means like intimate Abba in, in Aramaic, I think, is like, Daddy, Daddy God. Now, I know that's kind of weird for some people when you hear people. The first time I heard someone saying Daddy God, I was like, that's kind of weird, you know? How about, O oh, Sovereign, Holy Lord, King of the universe, majestic and glorious is thy name. You know, that that's okay. That's honoring, and I think God loves that, too, if it's coming from a, a pure heart that is recognizing those attributes about him. But his main desire for you and me is that you would recognize your adoption as sons and daughters and that you would feel freely to come to him as your dad, as your papa God, daddy God, father God. And just by the way, just to remove any confusion, you can pray to Jesus and you can pray to the Father and you can pray to the Holy Spirit. We have one God who manifests himself in three unique persons. So that's what the Bible teaches us. There is, there is God the Father, there is God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, one God in their unity together for all eternity. So there's your 30-second snippet of Trinity doctrine. <laughs> so anyway, just to clear the air a little bit, but you can talk to any one of the members of the Godhead. Most of my early Christian life, it was all just me and Jesus because I had some things inside of me that were i would call them father wounds and i'm not saying that it's because of my earthly dad necessarily i mean he knows his own weaknesses just like i know mine Um, but but it's also father wounds from spiritual leaders in my life other male role models in my life you know i I had father wounds we call them father wounds daddy daddy wounds Um, or just male authority Wounds, which most of us, if you've been to different churches, that's probably why you're here today. Maybe, I don't know. Um, We've all gone through that. So for me, for a long time, I was uncomfortable addressing God as my father. It just didn't feel right. I was comfortable with Jesus. Just Jesus and me. And yeah, sometimes when I could feel the presence of God, I'd be like, Oh, Holy Spirit, you're here. Fall on me. But I just, just want to say, you can talk to any one of the members of the Godhead. So, okay, we'll move on. We're going to read some scripture. We are going to talk a, kind of a part two today of this theme of kingdom family. So here we go. You guys ready? This is the Passion Translation. Now it's not the only version of the Bible I use. We do like the English Standard Version as a word-for-word, most accurate word-for-word translation today. But the Passion Translation just has these little passionate emphasis that I love. So we're going to read it. So if you don't like it, tough, I guess. I'm just being mean, sort of. Anyway, we'll read this. Jesus said, Once there was a father with two sons. The younger son came to his father and said, Father, don't you think it's time to give me the share of your estate that belongs to me? So the father went ahead. He distributed among the two sons their inheritance. Shortly afterward, the younger son packed up all his stuff, all his belongings, and traveled off to see the world. He journeyed to a far-off land where he soon wasted all he was given in a binge of extravagant and reckless living. With everything spent and nothing left, he grew hungry, for there was a severe famine in that land, so he begged a farmer in that country to hire him. The farmer hired him and sent him out to feed the pigs. The son was so famished that he was willing to even eat the slop given to the pigs because no one would feed him anything. Humiliated, the son finally realized what he was doing and he thought, there are many workers at my father's house who have all the food they want with plenty to spare. They lack nothing. Why am I here dying of hunger? Feeding these pigs and eating their slop. I want to go back home to my father's house. And I'll say to him, see he's rehearsing it already. Father, I was wrong. I have sinned against you. I'll never be worthy to be called your son. Please, father, just treat me like one of your employees. So the young son set off for home. From a long distance away, his father saw him coming. Dressed as a beggar. And great compassion swelled up in his heart for his son, who was returning home. So the father raced out to meet him. He swept him up in his arms, hugged him dearly, and kissed him over and over with tender love. Then the son said, Father, I was wrong. I have sinned against you. I could never deserve to be called your son. Just let me be. The father interrupted and said, Hang on a sec, I'm just remembering John Carney when he was here had Tristan up here reminding us of this. And as soon as the son started telling his reason to just take me back in, he shoved his hand over his mouth. It was kind of kind of creepy for a second there, but <laughs> then we got the point. We're like, You're gonna kidnap him. The father interrupted. He probably just was like, stop talking, son, you're home now. Just close your eyes for a second. Just If you can, just close your eyes if you don't mind. I feel like right now the Father in heaven is saying, Son, you're home now. Daughter, you are home now. You are home with me. You don't have to hide anymore. Find yourself safe in my arms, my arms of love, my arms of compassion. I receive you into the family with full rights reestablished to you as a son or as a daughter. Okay, now don't go to sleep. Open your eyes again. Okay, we'll just kind of do that once in a while just to give you a break, a little holy, holy moment. So the father interrupted and said, son, you're home now. Then the, oh, I was going to read it again. No, nope, you're good. Turning to his servants, the father said, quick. Bring me the best robe, my very own robe, and I will place it on his shoulders. Bring the ring, the seal of sonship, and I will put it on his finger. And bring out the best shoes you can find for my son. Let's prepare a great feast and celebrate. For this beloved son of mine was dead, but now he's alive again he was once he once was lost but now he is found and everyone celebrated with overflowing joy now the older brother he was out working in the field when his brother returned and as he approached the house he heard the music and of celebration and dancing so he called over one of the servants and asked what in the heck is going on the servant replied it's your younger brother He's returned home, and your father is throwing a party to celebrate his homecoming. The older brother became angry. He refused to go in and celebrate. So his father came out and pleaded with him, Come in, come and enjoy the feast with us. The son said, Father, listen, how many years have I been working like a slave for you, performing every duty you've asked as a faithful son? And I've never once disobeyed you, but you've never thrown a party for me because of my faithfulness. Never once have you even given me a goat that I could feast on and celebrate with my friends like he's doing now. But look at this son of yours. No, he's not my brother, this son of yours. He comes back after wasting your wealth on prostitutes and reckless living and here you are throwing a great feast to celebrate for him. You guys can feel, feel the emotion that this young man has? He is not happy about this. The father said, my son, you are always with me by my side. That's all he wants. Everything I have is yours to enjoy. It's only right to celebrate like this. And be overjoyed because this brother of yours was once dead and gone. But now he is alive and back with us again. He was lost, but now he's found. So that was the end of Luke 15. I'll just keep reading here. God's highest purpose for the cross was not merely just to forgive your sins. As important as that is, that you got to start there. You got to get your sins covered, okay? We got to we got to deal with that issue. The cross primarily came in, into Jesus's path as the the method of paying the penalty that you and I deserved for our sin. He went to the cross for you and me. But it wasn't merely just there that it ends. It was so that by forgiving us on the basis of Jesus' blood, that he could invite us back into an intimate family relationship with him, our Heavenly Father. That is what this is all about. Jesus came to reconcile you and me to the Father. That is his heart's desire. He is burning for the lost, orphaned sons and daughters of this earth, the homeless person that might be camped outside at SARS or the person that's walking down the street with their basket talking to whatever they're talking to. What is it that Chris calls those things? Not a false identity, but a... Do you know, Debbie, you remember... Chris Vallotton, what does he call those? It's like a false identity. Yeah, something like that. That is not who that person is. The father, the creator of heaven and earth, who sees all of the human beings on this planet as sons and daughters, that he longs for them to come to him and come into a relationship and be set free from the tyranny of Satan. He sees them as lost sons and daughters. He knows their name. He knows how many hairs are on their head. He knows every instance of brokenness that they carry and why they're in the place they're in now. He knows you. He knows me. He had a destiny for my life 30-some years ago right before my 21st birthday, walking down Sylvan Way with my boom box in my arms, long hair, probably tripping on acid, listening to Slayer, and I walked by the cross at the church, and I gave it the finger in my ignorance. That father who saw me in that state of my existence still loved me. messes me up still he loved me and he loved you even while you were a sinner living in your own crap even when you were ignorant blind to the fact that he is a powerful mighty good God loving father who sent his son to, to take away that junk and set you free and give you a life not just a life of boring Christianity but a life of power and wonder in supernatural excitement. Like he wants to explode into our lives with his glory and his power and his understanding. That is the God who looks on sons and daughters of this planet, wanting them to come home. Man, where did I do you need to interrupt? No. Okay so that he can invite us into an intimate family relationship with, our, with him, our heavenly father. John 1:12 says, but as many as received him, so as many of us in this room and on this planet who have received Jesus, that means we said, Jesus, I believe in what you did on the cross for me. I want you to come into my life. I receive you as my king, as my Lord. The Bible says, if you confess with your mouth, that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. That is the confession of our faith. So when we put our faith in him and confess him as Lord, we are receiving him, and as many as received him, to them he gave the right, and that word, I love that word in the Greek, that word in the Greek for right, the right to become children of God, is exousia, and it's regal authority. Like when you receive Jesus, he doesn't just give you you permission to become a child of God. or I just grant you the right. It is actually royal authority. He's putting the signet ring of his kingdom on your finger as a son, as a daughter. That is powerful. It is awesome. I, I love, the more I discover about what he has done for us, I am just blown away. And there's a reason for all of this. There is a purpose in all of this. Number one, it's not just so that he can use your life to do stuff through you. Number one is because he loves you and wants to have an intimate relationship with you. An intimate relationship. Father to son, father to daughter. That's number one. But it doesn't stop there. He wants to make your life just like Jesus' life on the earth. He wants to fill you With supernatural power and anointing to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to cleanse people that have diseases, to extend the kingdom of heaven, as Jesus taught us to pray. Your kingdom up here, come down here into the earth, just as it is in heaven. That is the plan that he has to make you look like Jesus. Not long hair and a beard, so don't worry girls. You don't have to grow facial hair. I mean, you can if you want, so, you yeah. Anyway, we'll move on from that point. But as many as received him... <laughs> Noel, quit your laughing back there. But as many as received him, to them he gave the exousia, the right, regal authority, to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. Let's go on to the next one. This legal standing of relationship to God, it's legal. It is like... A court document, but not just an earthly court. This is like creator of the universe, courts of his heaven. A legal document, a legal standing of relationship to God as his sons and daughters is precisely what He ge- what gives us an inheritance. So you want to talk for a second about inheritance. God has an inheritance for you. You might think, well, you know, my earthly family doesn't have... An inheritance for me someday when they when they pass on there probably won't be nothing but bills or you know junk in a closet or something the Bible says that our Father our God he owns uses this terminology but he owns the cattle on a thousand hills like he owns it all he owns the very breath we breathe the storehouses of heaven I mean if you read the book of Revelation and you read about the the streets they're made out of gold So if you think that, you know, having no money is like, you know, spiritual maturity because, you know, you got to get used to, you know, the riches of heaven. And same with worship. If you don't like worship now, man, it is going to be loud and rowdy there. But anyway, let's move on. So God has an inheritance for you. He has treasures. He has treasures that he wants to entrust you with so that you can give it away, that you can give it away. Just like that word for you, Brandon, he has treasures for you to give away. He gives those treasures to those he can trust. I'm learning how that all works. I want want to be trusted with more so that I can give more. I want to move in his power in those ways. I want to see people healed and set free, not after weeks and weeks of prayer, but after just one touch. I mean, that's, that would be awesome. If Jesus walked into the room, it's, just, it's done. There's no messing around. He takes care of stuff. So Romans chapter 8, it says in verses 14 through 17, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. <clears throat> For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. Fear does not belong in your life. But you received the spirit of adoption By whom we cry out, Abba, Father, Daddy, God. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then you are an heir. And if you are an heir, heirs of God, you are a joint heir with Christ. That is amazing. The same inheritance that belongs to King Jesus, we are invited to receive as joint heirs with the King of Kings. God didn't save you and doesn't desire to bring you into his kingdom just to make you his servant. Servants don't know about the master's business, about the master's estate. They just serve, serve, serve. It's good to serve. We want to learn how to be kingdom-minded servants. We want to serve like kings. And we want to rule like servants. So there's a servant heart. That's part of it. But he does not call you slave or servant. He calls you son. He gives you his authority. He gives you identity. He gives you protection. He backs you up with his protection. If you don't know it, you have mighty angels that he has assigned to watch over your life. I know that's why I didn't end up in a car wreck when I was driving drunk on my 21st birthday. Not even knowing how I got home. There had to be an angelic presence, protecting and guiding. Anyway, that's a secondary thing. So let's move on to the next part. The fact that we are heirs of God is mind-boggling. So this is all a quote. I mean, it is some scripture mixed in there. This is a quote from the Bill Johnson book called Release the Power of Jesus. So the fact that we are heirs of God is mind-boggling. It is just talking about it to you guys. I'm like, do I, have I actually come to full like, agreement in my own spirit over this truth? I'm learning to say yes and yes, yes. Renew my mind with this, this reality. That's what God is inviting you and me into, is renewing the way we think with this truth. It will change who you are. The Bible says to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. If you want transformation, you have to ch- change how you think. You have to think different. If you think you're going to have a change in your life by just trying to do things harder, it isn't going to happen. It comes by thinking differently. I've said this before, about two-thirds of the New Testament is all about mind renewal. It's all about taking the mind of Christ and being renewed in your own thinking, your stinking thinking. Right, Landon? You're just looking at me, so I thought I'd say call, call you out. I know you don't have stinking thinking. You're a good kid. You're a good kid. Okay, so here we go. <clears throat> but we must not be content to read these verses and be awed by them. When you read these scriptures, the purpose is not so that you're just like, wow, that's what the Bible says about me. God is inviting you into a deeper relationship with him through the truth. Those scriptures prophesy your potential. They call forth a future that you have a potential to walk in. That's what we mean when we say prophesy. We're just looking way down the road, maybe even not that far. And we are, we are calling out that thing and we are saying this is what we are aiming at. We are going to prophesy these things that may not be right at this moment as though they already are. So these, script, these scriptures, these truths, they prophesy our potential, a potential that we must pursue throughout our entire lives. So take a chill pill, relax, take a deep breath. You will never fully arrive, and that's okay. Don't think you have, because if, once you think you've arrived, you're, you're pretty much useless at that point, because that's not how God flows. He doesn't just get you to the place and say, you have arrived, here's your crown. There's always more. There's always more. Just say that. There's always more, yeah, more, Lord, more. I want more. You need to interrupt? That's not going to interrupt. I need to jump, chime in.
1: God wants to build history with us. That's something I keep hearing over and over, in some preaching that I've been listening to by Havila. Is I think it was her. I can't remember now. But anyway, that God wants to build history with us. And we need to build history with each other in our family, you know. And that's, yeah.
0: Awesome. Yep, history, his story. Yeah. He wants to catch you up into his story. Yeah. So John 1.12 says, We have the right to become the children of God. When God invites us into relationship with him, he is inviting us into a process of becoming, a process of transformation. Before you move on, let me just see. Let's see. We're getting close to where we need to stop, so we might just do a part three next week. I don't know. Sometimes God gives me the green light to, to just ramble on for another week, and then there's other times where it's just like, nope, this is not the agenda. But we'll drop down one more. Let's just see if we want to go a little bit further. <clears throat> oh yeah, this would be a good place to kind of land, I guess. So after reading that Luke 15 prodigal son story, okay, he gets his dad's inheritance, he asked for the inheritance, which is kind of rude, right? You don't go to your living parent and say, can I have my half of the estate now? I mean, instead of waiting until you're dead. But he did, you know, and then he squanders it, he parties it up, blows it all. Then he's like living in filth and suffering. And then he comes to his mind and he comes home. The father welcomes him back home. And even though he has this other agenda in his mind that, you know, I'm going to be a servant, he's like, welcome back, full rights as a son. And you got the older brother. Most of us can fall into one of those places in that story in life. And so I just want to invite all of us just to look, look over this little list. Think about it. If you feel like you want, you know, I don't know if you really want to look at this later, but if you want to, you can always take a screenshot. I always encourage people, if you were like, oh, I don't want to write all that stuff down or whatever, maybe you don't even care about writing it down. That's okay. Pre-inheritance, <clears throat> that's one of the places where we have not yet come to the place where we realize that there is an inheritance waiting for us. We're not asking for more. We're kind of just complacent, passive, we're just kind of going with the flow. We'll just keep it simple. I just I'll pray my prayers to Jesus and read a scripture here and there. And I'll go to church. That's probably all there is. I know when I die, then, you know, then, I'll, then the kingdom will come. Yeah, that's kind of a lot of us are, are in that place. Then there's the place of running. We're avoiding intimacy with God. We know he wants it all. We know he wants to get deep into our spirit, into our life, into our business. And he wants to have a conversation about stuff that we, that we welcome in, stuff that we know probably can't go where he wants to take us. And I'll be the first to raise my hand. We, we are all in that boat at times where there's stuff that he's highlighting. He's like, today's a good day to deal with that. That thing about you know, dropping F-bombs in your mail truck. When you're, you know, mad at the weather and feeling grumpy? I wouldn't do that. Right, Tammy? Oh, no. Oh, no.
1: And I would... <laughs> you like that? Never. And I would actually like to add to that avoiding intimacy with each other. Ah,
0: yes. Yes. Yeah, so First John chapter 1 tells us that if we walk in the light as Jesus is in the light, right? So we're talking about intimacy with him if we walk in the light as he is in the light that means we're willing to let go of whatever he wants to point out and just relax for a second god is not like a a punisher he doesn't come in and just expect you to be perfectly purified of any remnant of sin and then you need to go and hide in a room and confess everything that you've ever done make a list that's a thousand miles long in case you forgot something (laughs) the blood of one drop of the blood of Jesus is enough for a world of sin. It's gone. He takes your sin and throws it in the sea of forgetfulness. As far as the east is from the west, that is how far he has removed your transgressions from you. It is finished, Jesus said on the cross. It is done. Totelestai, debt paid in full. Boy, I'm preaching now, sorry. Woo, okay. (laughs) Just chill out. If I don't chill out, we won't get done. So, okay.
1: Oh, I forgot what I was going to
0: say. Okay. Well, if you remember, just grab it. Okay. So, if we walk in the light as Jesus is in the light, that just means we're transparent before Him. We know our junk, and we're saying, "God, you can help me with this as you desire to point it out." Okay, in His timing, in His leading. Is that fair?
1: And- Running, not being in intimate relationship with each other is easy because it's hard to let people know our stuff and it's hard to just be out there, but that's what God wants. He wants us to be intimate with him and then with each other yeah, Danny, so oh. that we can carry each other's burdens. Yeah.
0: And Danny Silk you know, likes to take the word in- intimacy as into me you see. So that doesn't mean I tell everyone that I come in contact with all of my weaknesses and mistakes. Okay. You've got to be wise with how you do that. But there's, there's just, we don't need to hide stuff. We don't need to like pretend and put on a mask. We're not, we don't need to be imposters. You can come to this gathering and be under stuff that's going on. You don't have to put on a happy face. It's okay. I, I trust that As we worship and as we hear the word of God and we hear hear encouragement, even if you don't feel something, there is something happening in the atmosphere. You cannot be in a place of the presence of God where the truth is being declared and something in the spirit not being shifted. I'm just saying, you may not feel anything, but something is happening. There's a deposit. Just like Elisha with Gehazi, Open his eyes, Lord. And when God opened his eyes, he saw the chariots of heaven all around their enemies. God is a thousand times, 7,000 times more at work than you can even believe or imagine right now. So we're going to run through this. Running, speaking of running. Running just like the prodigal son. Avoiding intimacy, running away. Um, Then there's the revelation that comes through pain. Maybe that's where you're at today. Maybe I'm just like, I'm sick of eating pig pods. I'm sick of feeling like crap all the time because of bad mis- bad choices. So there's the pain of the pig pen. There's the hunger that comes from that realization that God has something more. So maybe that's where you're at. That's a good place to be, having that hunger. I would say always be hungry. Always stay hungry for more. Then there's the returning home. There's that post-revelation pursuing a relationship with God again. And maybe that's you today. And you could be a Christian for many years and still need to come back to that place. Maybe it's a a season of your life where you're like, I just need to come home to you. I've been hiding from you. I've been running. I know that I'm still saved. I know I belong to you, but maybe I've just been ignoring you. I've been doing my own thing and forgetting my relationship with you. Whatever that might look like. So that might be where you're at today. Maybe you have the elder brother syndrome. Elder brother syndrome. That's what happens when you don't really understand the father's heart towards you. And then when you don't realize that the the good, good father, the father in this story, that actually is what the story should be called. It's the parable of the good father. Because it's really about God. It's about his father heart for you. It's not about the prodigal. I mean, we're all prodigals. The older brother didn't realize just how good his dad was. He didn't realize that he already had everything. He had approval. He had permission to celebrate and enjoy life with him. But he took on this perspective. It's, we call it an orphan spirit. We can all carry an orphan spirit within us. Or a performance attitude. I just have to serve, serve, serve in order for the Father to be approving of me. And it, it comes from this, this thing in our minds where we think God is just harsh and ready to whack you with a ruler every time you make a mistake. Whack! <laughs> Kelly, psh, whack you. Boy, stop that. Knock it off. <laughs> Obey. That is not how the Father works. He motivates us with his love. We were talking about that before the meeting, right? Yeah, yeah. True repentance, godly repentance, comes from the kindness. It's the kindness of God that motivates us to repent. Anyway, okay. So there's elder brother syndrome. Orphan spirit, performance, attitude. I just got to do, do, do. Da, 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 da. You guys don't even know that song. The the police. (laughs) Self-hatred. (laughs) <laughs> Critical spirit, okay? So the moment you start to find yourself picking splinters out of everybody else's eye because you have your stuff all together and you're just like, I feel holier than thou. Let me pull the splinter out of your little squinty eye. while well, I got this telephone pole sticking out of mine. Yeah. And I'll back up to that, that self-hatred. I just hate myself. I Don't like who I am. I'll never be enough. I'll never be able to please God because I just can't. That is self-talk that is the spirit of stupid. It is the spirit of stupid. That is not the spirit that God gave you. It's not the spirit of self-condemnation. He gave you the spirit of sonship, of approval, of favor. You are his favorite, Marissa. Marissa. Okay, I'm glad. Glad you're so confident. (laughs) Now you can pray for the rest of us to be more confident in that. Okay, and last but not least, and we're going to stand up, guys. Let's stand up. We need to be done because this went a little longish. But you guys didn't do the group yawn, so I guess that's your fault. So the last one, and that's where we all really want to aim and land, land on. We want to land on that last one, right, Landon? (laughs) A son at home. A son, and when we say sons, sonship means male and female, just offspring. Okay, a a child at home, a son or daughter. Where you experience rest, God wants you to enter into his rest He does not want you to strive for perfection because perfection is found in Jesus Christ, our Lord. He is the righteous one. He is, he has provided for you and me his righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Everything we need, Jesus is the answer to everything. Just get lost in him. Press yourself into him. Just like, I don't know. Sticking a a Lego inside of the Play-Doh. That's the only picture I could come up with right now. Just press yourself into King Jesus. The Bible says the Spirit of God will come and live in you when you believe. And now, as a believer, your life is now hidden in Jesus. You're pressed into him. So let's just close our eyes and, and let's pray about that. Rest, favor, and heart connection. Jesus, we thank you that you have invited us to press our lives deep inside of your life, that our lives would be hidden in Christ Jesus. And you are our King, and you are our Lord, our Savior, our Master, and we thank you that you and your grace and kindness are not ashamed to call us brothers and sisters. Help me wrap my mind around that, Lord. Lord that Jesus, you would be my brother. But if you're my brother, then you are my king and I still worship you because you are the one who holds the universe together by the power of your very word. It is all for you and through you and to you. Everything is yours, Lord. Help us to see ourselves hidden in you help us to see our find ourselves resting in who you are covered in your righteousness. Thank you, Lord.
1: Right now I'd like to just release the shalom of heaven, the peace of heaven over each person here today, Father. God, like last night in the middle of the night, God, when I just asked for your shalom, for your peace, just to cover over me and you put me in that deep sleep, God. I pray for that rest today and the rest tonight father God that your peace and your presence would just fall on every person here God and that they just rest in you knowing that you're a good good father and God that if it's not good right now then it's not done God we love you we just thank you so much God we thank you that you've given us spiritual family natural family We don't ever wanna take that for granted.